No, no one's missing. Welcome to Quarantinema, a.k.a. Quarantinema, a.k.a. Quarantine Anima, the only podcast where we don't know how to say the name of the show. My name is Connor Sullivan. Thank you very much for joining us today. Happy episode 199. That's right. We got one more to go till the big uh, 200 mark. So, uh, which is nice because uh, plan, I, I got something planned for the uh, for 200, but uh, for this one, uh, it's going to be a smaller episode, if you will. Um, went to a wedding this weekend uh, for my uh, future stepsister and brother-in-law, and it was quite lovely. So, uh, haven't really gotten a chance to watch too many movies uh, in the past week. I got the one we're going to be talking about today. Uh, which is Wind River, uh, as well as uh, one or two more that we'll cover in Rapid Fire Reviews. I've been watching a lot of TV. Um, uh, As I've mentioned before, Brent and I have been re-watching Stranger Things. We just uh, finished Season 3 today. Season 3 is just so much weaker than the the first two, which is a huge bummer, because Stranger Things is a... The first two seasons, the first one in particular, is some of the best TV I think I've ever seen. And then the third one, it's, you know, still good, but... uh, Tough act to follow uh, for the first two, uh, and then uh, I also finished uh, Haunting. Excuse me, uh, I also finished the Haunting of Hill House this week, uh, which best horror series ever. Uh, not really anything in contention for me there. Although horror, horror is something I feel like not a lot of ser- doesn't get a lot of love on television. Uh, you know, obviously horror is a huge movie genre, but on TV it's often overlooked, uh, if you ask me. But. Uh, that show is just absolutely fucking incredible, though. Especially in the middle of that season, episodes like I think it's four, five, and six are just perfect episodes, back to back to back to back to back, uh, and it's really incredible uh, what some of the stuff they're able to do with uh, the performances and the writing and the set designs and camera work, and just I mean, it's absolutely incredible. Uh, so, Honey of Hill House, uh, fall is upon us. Uh, it's imminent. Uh, some of the people, like, as soon as you get to uh, fall, uh, you know, you sh- start seeing people with, like, the pumpkin heads and, like, flannels, and, you know, they're just, you know, we've I think we've all seen those memes where it's, like, summer, like, August 31st, you know, people are in summer mood, and then uh, September 1st, people are, like, you know, witch hats and <laughs> Halloween costumes, that whole thing. Um, so, yeah, so it's my, it might as well be fall. Football starts this week, too. That's exciting. Uh, anywho, let's talk about Wind River, uh, the, not directional debut, but the, the, the real directional debut from uh, Taylor Sheridan. Uh, Taylor Sheridan, if you aren't familiar with him, uh, if you might not know the name, you've probably seen some of his movies, uh, or at least heard of them at some point over the last couple of, uh, couple of years here, uh, and TV work. Um, his first movie he directed was something called Vile, uh, which came out in 2011, uh, it's your basic slasher horror movie, uh, I, I believe. Uh, I'm not going to lie, I haven't seen it. Don't really plan to. Uh, Wind River was his first directional effort. Uh, since then, he did uh, Those Who Wish Me Dead, uh, which just came out on HBO earlier this summer. Uh, you had Yellowstone. Uh, he does a lot of work on Yellowstone. I think he's a showrunner, actually, for Yellowstone, uh, which is one of the more popular TV shows out there right now. But among his screenwriting credits, uh, you know, start his first three movies that he did, was uh, Sicario in 2015, 2016. He does Hell or High Water, uh, for which he was nominated for an Oscar. And then Wind River uh, comes out in 2017, which is what we're talking about today. Since then, a couple of duds, uh, if I'm not going to lie. Um, Sicario 2, uh, Day, of, Day of the Soldado. I admit I haven't seen it, uh, although I don't know why I haven't. I really should. <laughs> but 
Sicario's frustrating because it's such a great movie, but it isn't. It's never streaming anywhere, like, like anywhere. It's very, very frustrating. I need. I like. I really, really want to watch Sicario and do an episode on it at some point. Um. Yeah. No. Uh. He. Yeah. So uh, other than that, uh, without remorse. Uh, Tom Clancy's Without Remorse with Michael B. Jordan, uh, which came out earlier this year, uh, which was a huge stinker. Those Who Wish Me Dead, also not great. Uh, so, and, and I know he's done his work on Yellowstone. So, from a film perspective, he did this uh, like American Frontier trilogy, uh, so to speak. The uh, the modern frontier you have, uh, like I said, Sicario, Hell or High Water, and Wind River came out back to back to back years. So hell of a hell of a uh, you know way to make your intro here, and then uh, he makes his directional debut. Well, again, d- debut air quotes. Uh, he directs uh, Wind River, uh, which it, it's a it's a pretty it's a good little movie. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, it's um I, I saw it in theaters uh, when, back when it came out in 2017, and I absolutely loved it. Uh, at the time, thought it was one of the better movies of the year. I think a lot of people. Uh, we're kind of in the same boat as me there. Uh, you know, it's it's this uh, mystery, uh, thriller, kind of Western. It takes place on an Indian reservation, a crime drama as well. Uh, one of the key themes that's highlighted in it is the, um, or calls it, it brings attention to the fact that, uh, like, the law enforcement on uh, reservations uh, around the country and how jurisdiction is always uh, kind of up in the air for certain things and you know there's so many missing uh you know missing persons cases uh, and murder cases and just uh, like unsolved crimes uh, especially geared towards native american women and it's it, you know it's something that you don't really see on film that often uh, you know you know a modern rendition of uh, these uh, you know what life on these reservations is kind of like um and you know he, it's mixed into a, a pretty gritty drama uh, if I don't, if and a really captivating one at that, a short one too. Uh, movie's only uh, it's an hour forty-seven, so not too too long. Um, it, but it goes by quick. Um, the beginning, you know, it kind of gets right into it. Uh, there's uh, they basically find it's the middle of winter on this reservation, and I, be, I believe Wyoming, uh, and uh, so they. Jeremy Renner's main, uh, the main character here. Uh, his main, uh, plays Corey Lambert, and Corey basically finds a body uh, on the field. He knows the body. It's one of the uh, local girls from the reservation, and uh, Elizabeth Olsen's character is then introduced. Uh, she's an FBI agent brought in to work the case, uh, and it's kind of uh, just kind of following. You know, you, like I said before, you know, it kind of dives into. Uh, jurisdiction battles, you know, like, okay, like, what does, you know, what does the reservation handle, what do the federal, like, what do the feds do, and then there's, like, private land and security and stuff like that. Uh, the rest of the cast includes uh, Graham Greene, uh, who you might recognize as a kicking bird from Dances with Wolves, which uh, we've done an episode about. He's also in the Green Mile uh, as well. He, you know, he, he puts on a great supporting role in this movie. He's got a fun little character. Uh uh, Kelsey As- Asbeel, I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. Julia Jones also round out the cast. It's also got uh, John Bernthal makes an appearance. Uh, Eric Lang, who you might recognize uh, from Narcos, uh, if you've seen that show on Netflix. Um, 
and Matthew Del Negro, another guy, uh, you know, Sopranos fame. Um, yeah, no, it's it's a it's a it's a very well acted movie. Jeremy Renner and Elizabeth Olsen kind of get most of the chance to sign. It's kind of cool uh, to see. I mean, Jeremy Renner. I, this might be the best performance of his career. Uh, might be. I say might. Which it's definitely one of the best. Uh, obviously, the Hurt Locker is incredible. The town is incredible. Uh, but Wind River is like it's so dialed down for him. I believe like it, this is a slow burn movie. And he plays this like uh, kind of gritty badass, uh, like tr- uh, he, he's like a tracker or a hunter or something like that. He's basically charged with or uh, tasked with uh, keeping animals off of uh, different uh, uh, what's the word ranches and whatnot. So like if there's a wolf coming around, like he's got to track down the wolf and hunt the wolf so that the wolf will stop killing the livestock. Uh, that's kind of his role, and he's also uh, got you know some deep uh, stuff from his past, uh, you know, in the movie that he deals with. And he does really well. He, uh, you know, I really love what he do, uh, he does with his voice. He, it's kind of like this like western uh, blue collar thing he's got going on, but it's not just like hey, you know, I'm from the, the ranch and do 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 do. And then Elizabeth Olsen, who I honestly th- this might be the only thing I think I've seen her in that's not MCU related. I mean, I, she blew everybody away in Wandavision. Uh, earlier this past year. Um, And I really hope we start seeing her in some more stuff. I honestly don't think... Yeah, I'm scrolling through her IMDb IMDb now. I really don't think I've seen her in anything that's not... Yeah, where she's not playing uh, uh, Wanda. Um, Yeah, I mean, I've barely even heard of half of these movies. I recognize... um, Old boy, there's jo- that's a Spike Lee, Josh Brolin remake of a Korean film, which apparently was garbage. <laughs> but um, uh, but either way, uh, but she does great here, and then I'd love to see her, especially after watching WandaVision. I'd love to see her in more stuff. So if you if you thought the same thing, uh, you know, like who is this actress? Who is this amazing, amazing actress that we've been seeing in the MCU for a while now? Uh, but really got to see her shine on TV this year. Uh. Wind, uh, Wind River is on Netflix uh, right now, which you can watch. And like I said, it's a pretty quick watch. Um, I think it's... And, and, you know, I'm a big fan of, uh, you know, crime movies in general. Uh, so, you know, there's a you know there's a little bit of mystery as to what's actually going on here uh, in the story, which... Uh, and, you know, it's, it's a pretty interesting crime. So basically, uh, the girl that they find, uh, she's... Uh, kind of in the middle of this field, um, six miles from uh, where she was last seen, and she had to run through, you know, through the snow in the storm, uh, or in the storm doing, you know, God knows what, and they trying to basically find out where she came from, uh, and you know, because of the snow, all of her footprint or yeah, her footprints have been covered up, you know, things like that, and you know, it's it's a nice slow burn, and then you start to see, you know, see around the town, you see. Uh, what, you know, some of the locals are like, and then some of the, you know, the bigger corporations that are doing business near the area, uh, you know, kind of how that's set up. John Bernthal's uh, appearance, he, he, well, mild spoiler alert, he appears, uh, he doesn't appear until later in the movie, but he's got a, a really good role on this. I won't, I don't want to speak too much to it because I know it's a still kind of relatively new movie that 
probably isn't insanely popular, uh, but very, very, like I said, it was very, very well reviewed when it came out. And then I haven't really seen it talked about or mentioned in many other places since then, um, which is a bummer because it's, again, pretty damn good. Taylor Sheridan, uh, you know, this was the third of third, third film in a hell of a run uh, for him, especially, uh, you know, the first three things he wrote uh, screenwriting wise was uh, all, I mean, it was all this stuff, you know, like I said before, Sicario, Hell or High Water, and uh, Wind River. And I was actually going to watch, I was thinking about watching Hell or High Water earlier, I was scrolling through Hulu, looking for something to watch. And I was in this like weird mood of like, okay, do I want to see something new or do I want to just go with an old faithful here? Uh, you know, do I watch Hell or High Water and just make a, a whole Taylor Sheridan episode out of it? Uh, but alas, I went with something new and I'll get to it in rapid fire reviews, but I wish I kind of watched Hell or High Water again. That is, I think, uh, of the scripts, I think Hell or High Water is definitely the best one. Um, but all three are just absolutely phenomenal in their own right. Um, you know, the Sicario deals a lot with, um, uh, you know, Mexico and, uh, the kind of cartel world of, uh, you know, side of things, uh, Heller, Heller high waters, more of a, you know, it's, it, it kind of touches on, uh, native American stuff, touches on, touches on Mexican stuff. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's, it's more of a family. Uh, drama and like this like cat and mouse game uh, between uh, these two brothers on the run and uh, you know cop trying to find them um, and then this one like I mentioned is uh, really focuses on uh, Native American uh, life on these reservations and how the justice system is kind of really fucked up around it which and it, it really is they give you uh, in the epilogue of the movie uh, there's a uh, they put they put some statistics on the board, and let's just say I don't want to ruin the stat for you in case you decide to watch the movie because it'll it'll just crush you when you see it. Uh, but the only thing I'm going to say is the statistic isn't really a statistic, and that is the hint you get. So, uh, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, overall, Wind River, uh, very very uh, good movie. If you like drama, if you like crime, uh, if you know if Jeremy Renner or Elizabeth Olsen fan, I highly recommend it. Uh, so particularly with Jeremy Renner, I mean, he is just so damn good, uh, in this movie and, you know, he's got this one monologue near the end of the movie that is just one of the coldest things you'll ever hear. And it's just so fucking sweet, uh, to hear, especially, uh, leading up to it. And actually, um, before that, so mild spoilers, uh, here, but I mean, movies, four years old, four or five years old at this point, so I don't know how much, too much I'm playing. Uh, so there is a shootout uh, that takes place uh, at some point in the movie, um, and it is one of the best shootouts I think I've seen in the last, like, decade or so. You could probably say the same thing about Sicario. Uh, that's got a hell of a good one, and Hell or High Water, even. Um yeah, Taylor Sheridan definitely knows how to write, <laughs> write a shootout uh, into a script, uh, and it is, it's something. Like it, like, like I said, this movie's a slow burn, uh, and then once the adrenaline gets ramped up in this movie, it gets really fucking intense, really quick, and in a great way. Um, I think you know, no, I think he did. A, I think he did a great job directing this. Uh, if you ask me. Uh, some of the other, yeah, did I mention the other stuff he directed? Um, 
yeah, so he did start off with a vial, and then he does this uh, once he actually has some credit to his name. And I also should add that uh, you know Taylor Sheridan was a uh, you know he was an actor. It's not like that he's just this guy who came out of nowhere. You know, he was an actor uh, for a long time. If you go on his IMDb credit, he's been acting since the mid '90s, uh, and you know he's done everything from. Uh, sitcom work to TV dramas. I think the role that I'm most familiar, uh, you know, he was on uh, Veronica Mars for a little bit. Uh, he's on Sons of Anarchy for a couple of seasons. Uh, and he has a shirtless scene in there. And all I got to say is, dude, good for you, buddy. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, and then I think he's on uh, Yellowstone for a little bit too. So he's an actor first. Uh, who's kind of getting into the whole writing, directing thing. Um, and... Yeah, after that, uh, he's pretty much just done uh, a couple episodes of Ye Yellowstone, an episode of uh, Those Who or an episode uh, Those Who Wish Me Dead, the movie. Uh, I guess there's some kind of a Yellowstone spinoff movie coming out, or is it? Oh no, it's a series. Uh, but that's coming out later this year. But again, I haven't seen Yellowstone, even though I want to. Uh, and then there's, according to his IMDb, there's something in development called Olympus, but there's no details about what that is yet. Uh, but no, I mean, he's a great writer-director that clearly, uh, you know, a lot of talented actors want to work with. Um, he's, uh, the modern Western is an interesting genre for sure. Um, you know, 21st century Westerns. Uh, and, you know, I'm not, you know, you think Western, you think, you know, uh, you know, cowboys and horses and, uh, you know, the saloon and gunfights and things like that. Uh, but the modern Westerns are, you know, when they take place in like a, a contemporary setting, think of something like No Country for Old Men. Heller High Water does a great job of it. Uh, I mean, there, I know there's so many other ones uh, that I'm just drawing a blank on right now, but it, it really is a cool genre. Um, you know, bit, bit hit or miss, uh, that's for sure. But uh, when it's done well, it's really, really captivating. And uh, Taylor, the Taylor Sheridan trilogy, this uh, American Frontier trilogy, is definitely... Uh, the top of that game. Okay, so why don't we get into some did you knows, uh, then we'll rank the movie, and we will get to some rapid-fire reviews and get you on your little merry way uh, before we cast off to our 200th episode. Um, okay, uh, first one. Jeremy Renner was the director's first choice for the lead role as he was busy shooting Arrival at that time. Taylor Sheridan approached Chris Pine, who later had to drop out because of his role in Wonder Woman. Coincidentally, Renner's schedule opened up and was roped in for the role. Uh, so it's kind of funny because uh, so Arrival uh, was directed by uh, Denny Villeneuve, uh, who also directed, I think Arrival was his follow-up to Sicario, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so Sicario, Taylor Sheridan's first movie, and then... His next movie, Arrival, has Jeremy Renner in it, and then Taylor Sheridan brings Jeremy Renner over to his side. So, and Chris Pine, ironically, was in uh, Hell or High Water. So, uh, and I think Chris Pine would have done a pretty good job, if you ask me, but I also think that Jeremy Renner just completely nailed it. Um, I mean, Chris Pine, uh, Chris Pine's an interesting actor. He can do, he's kind of this guy who can do a lot of things. Um, you know, he, he, we see him in action and drama and, uh, and comedy. Hell or High Water is his best movie, hands down, uh, if you ask me, and that's not even close. Uh, you know, we've seen him do indie stuff. We've seen him do these big blockbusters like Star Trek and uh, the Wonder Woman franchise and things like that. Um, and, I mean, it's 
he, I like him. I, I think he's a great actor. Uh, but I, I definitely think that going with uh, Jeremy Renner here uh, was the right call. He's got, I don't know, he's just got such like a blue collar, like every man look to him. And Chris Pine's, Chris Pine's just like a little, I don't know, too pretty. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Uh, all right, moving on. Um, the grilling location shoot was filmed in real blizzardy conditions with crew and equipment being primarily ferried into locations on snowmobiles and snowcats, since regular vehicles were totally unsuitable for the hazardous terrain. Cleaning up unsightly vehic vehicular tracks left the snowy landscape, had to be done with some uh, com compositing in post to keep the vista in virginal condition. So... One of the things that makes this movie as cool as it is, is, is that landscape. Uh, you know, it's a terrain that we don't always see on movies, especially in contemporary settings. Uh, so, I mean, part of what, like I said, just the, the land is part of the story uh, here. You know, you have like Jeremy Renner's a, like a tracker and a hunter. So like his knowledge of uh, the area is key in uh, kind of solving uh, the mystery here, especially because he's Elizabeth Olsen's guide um, through the year. And like, that's the other, like, uh, one of the, I didn't mention that before. Elizabeth Olsen is this FBI agent, but she's based out of Las Vegas. And the only reason why they brought her in was because she was the closest agent, uh, you know, for the murder. And it wasn't, they didn't even bring her there to solve the case. They brought her there to get a cause of death, <laughs> which, um, was interesting because like, it was clearly a murder, but, uh, in the movie they rule it as a, as undetermined or yeah, was it undetermined? Yeah. I think it was. Um, so, but yeah, so Jeremy Renner and her have to like team up uh, to, you know, so she can figure out what's going on while she has jur jurisdiction and this and that. Uh, but yeah, like I said, the terrain is a huge, huge part of the story here. Uh, and the fact that they're able to shoot in, you know, these snowy conditions, I think is amazing. Uh, and, you know, if it takes a little CGI to touch up uh, some, you know, some tracks here and there, I think they, they knocked it out of the park. So hats off to the visual effects team. Uh, all right, next up, what do we got? What do we got? Um, no, that's a that's a depressing one. Um, oh, come on. Um, no, no, I'm looking. I feel like I always do this. I always, like, come out of the gate hot with two, and then third one, I'm always, I want to end on a good one. Um do, 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 no, 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 um, hmm. <laughs> come on, man, there's got to be another interesting one in here, um, okay, here, uh, here's one, uh, the film received a lengthy eight-minute standing ovation at the end of its premiere, at the Un Certain Regard competition of the Cannes Film Festival. I I would love to go to one of these festivals one time just to actually see these applaud, like these long ovations. Cause like I've I've, you know, especially with you know everything we've been doing on IMDb and the Did You Knows that we do like practically every episode. Uh you I, there's always like there's often something about here or in them where it's like you know, this movie received an X amount of time standing ovation. And like some of them are absurd. It's like a 20 minute standing ovation, like 30 minute standing ovation. Like who the fuck <laughs> stands up 
after your movie claps for that long. I don't know. I I mean, granted, I've just never gone to a festival. Going to Sundance, although one day that'd be that'd be a cool trip. Uh, but I mean, everything else, I I just I can't imagine doing it. Like I am not. Uh, one one thing that uh, so like I said before or many times like I always go to the movies by myself. Um, I'm happy to go uh, with Breno <laughs> whenever. Uh, but that being said, I prefer to go by myself, and you know I have my little routine down. My uh, you know my uh, my pregame getting in there. You know I get uh, my big popcorn, put you know loaded up with butter, get a water uh, to go along with it. Uh, I sit in those chairs, the one with the recliner. My th- the theater by my uh, by my apartment has uh, you know the reclining seats. Uh, I don't eat the popcorn at all uh, until uh, the movie actually starts. I, I just don't let myself because one thing I can't stand about people is the ones who like they sit down and they just eat it in the mo- before the movie even starts. That's just stupid to me. Um, <laughs> so uh, once the movie starts, and I, I the other thing is like I also don't. Uh, kick back my recliner until the movie starts as well. Uh, so I'll wait until the trailers are over. Um, so like while the, you know, studio images are coming up, that's when I'll start reclining. Uh, but until the very first frame of the actual like movie movie starts, that's when I can eat my popcorn. All that being said, at the end of the movie, I very rarely will I ever stick around for credits. Uh, like the second the movie's done, unless there's something like I'm dying to see in there. Uh, but I also just research all the stuff anyway. So it's like, I know who's in it. I know who wrote it. You know, I often know who wrote it, who directed it, that sort of thing. Uh, I just, I mean, unless it's like an MCU movie or something, to be honest with you, I just, I just don't care. <laughs> I just stick around. Uh, so I usually just get right up and right out of there. But so I can't, the fact that people actually stand up and applaud, uh, you know, for extended periods of time like that is actually just so bizarre to me. Okay, let's rank the movie. Scale of 1 to 5 hazmats, as we always do here. The last ranking before episode 200. Um, I'm going to give Wind River a 4 out of 5. Uh, I, You know, it's... I, I The first time I saw this movie, I absolutely loved it. Like I said, I thought it was one of the better movies that came out that year. Uh, second time upon viewing it... Um, I don't know, maybe... It was great. Like, don't get me wrong. This is a great movie. Uh, I just wasn't as interested in it just because I think, I mean, I already know how it ends. And uh, I know that, uh, you know, you spend the entire time, like I said, that shootout before. It's like I spent the entire movie, like, looking forward to that. And I kind of forgot how slow uh, the first, like, 40, not not slow, but just, uh, yeah, but yeah, slow. (laughs) How slow the first 45 minutes or so of the movie are. Uh, The back nine of the movie is intense very very intense uh, you know some uh, the shootout is you know like i said one of the great shootouts of the 20th century uh, 21st century um the there you know there are some very intense scenes uh there in the middle um very very intense scene very graphic so probably not for everybody but um yeah i just i, I don't know i wasn't blown away by it uh, as much as I was the first time I seen it, but, uh, I mean, maybe that's just what repeat viewers do. Uh, but it, you know, it definitely did affirm that this was a very, very good movie in my opinion. Uh, so yeah, four, four out of five has match for this guy. Okay. Uh, real quick on rapid fire reviews. I only watched one other movie, 
this week, to be honest with you. Uh, like I said, I've been watching a lot of TV. Um, so although I'm hoping to get more into movies now, just because, you know, the, you know, at the, at the beginning of the month, you get a new selection on all the streaming platforms and stuff like that. So there's a lot of things I want to check out, uh, at various points at some, uh, some point, one movie that just came out on Netflix that I really want to see, uh, Once Upon a Time in America. I know it's a very, very famous, uh, Sergio Leone movie with, uh, Robert De Niro and James Woods, uh, back from 1984, but it's almost four hours long. <laughs> And I just don't know what I'm going to, I don't know. I hope I find, I can find four hours to hammer that out. Um, but yes, the only other movie uh, I watched this week was a new movie on Netflix called Vacation Friends. Uh, it is a comedy. I think I actually alluded to it in the last episode of the Horrible Bosses episode, which you can go listen to now. And that only came up because uh, it was written by a one John Francis Daly, uh, among others. Uh, John Francis Daly uh, was one of the little kids on uh, Freaks and Geeks, and he was also one of the writers in Horrible Bosses, so that's why that connection got made. Uh, movie stars uh, Lil Rel Howery, uh, Yvonne uh, Orji, John Cena, and Meredith Hagner uh, as uh, the basically these two couples that meet on vacation in Mexico, and uh, one couple's like this kind of uppity, uh, you know, by the book, plan, plan, plan kind of couple, and then John Cena. Uh, and Meredith Hagner's character, who first time I've seen Meredith Hagner, and she, you know, I thought she was pretty funny. Uh, um, uh, you know, they're these kind of like loose cannon, <laughs> uh, you know, just uh, you know, just rock and roll kind of people, and uh, and of course uh, they clash and hijinks ensue, and uh, very predictable stu- studio comedy. You know, nothing really that I think I haven't seen before, complete with. Uh, you know, wedding, uh, <laughs> you know, wedding cliches and, uh, you know, an acid trip in the middle and a sporting event that, uh, you know, goes wrong. Uh, and, you know, son-in-law trying to impress his father or, or yeah, uh, fiance trying to impress his uh, future father-in-law. Uh, but I mean, John Cena, I will say is a scene stealer in this one. He gets all the best punchlines uh, and all the best gags. Uh, around him it was kind of nice seeing john cena in a role where like yeah like you know they say like he uh he says like he's a former green beret and stuff like that and he's john cena so you know obviously he's this you know big juiced up dude um you know anyway and a good chunk of the movie takes place in mexico on the beach so you know he's walking around without a shirt and stuff like that but it's kind of nice to see john cena like in a movie specifically in a uh, comedic role uh where it's like they're not just making jokes about his size uh, and the fact that like, he's this, you know, monster person. Like, you know, it's the most like kind of like every man John Cena role. I think I've seen him play, which is kind of, which was kind of cool. And he was, I thought he was really funny. He was definitely the funniest part of the movie. Uh, that being said, the whole, the movie as it's, as a whole was just not that great. Um, like I said, pretty by the book uh, uh, studio movie. Uh, I read something in Did You Know? It was like it was originally supposed to be made with Will uh, Will Smith and Nicolas Cage back in 2005. So I guess the script's been around for a long time, uh, but just never came to fruition for one reason or another. Um, but yeah, I, I just it's fine. You know, give give it a look if you know you're looking for just an easy, uh, dumb fun kind of movie. Yeah, I'm not saying it was like terrible. Like I've seen worse comedies. I've seen worse comedies this year. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, no, uh, 
Vacation Friends was very, very forgettable. I will probably never think about this movie, uh, <laughs> you know, again after this one, uh, after this first viewing. So, uh, but like I said, uh, John, if you like John Cena, go check it out. Uh, Lil Rel, uh, a little underwhelming. I've seen him be so much funnier in other movies that I was just kind of let down by him. Uh, I think this is the first thing I've seen of him where he's like the, the lead. I'm trying to think. There's like he's uh, obviously he's hysterical in Get Out, uh, which was a big role for him. Uh, then there was what was the movie he did with Eric Andre? Um, Eric Andre, do, do, do. Tag, that's another one that was kind of funny. He's in Free Guy, which is in theaters now, uh, which I haven't seen yet, but. I've heard very, very good things about uh, Bad Trip. That's the one with. Uh, oh damn, he's been in. He's been in six movies this year. Lil Rel's having a year, and uh, back in March Madness, he was him and Ralph Riggle were the face of uh, some guy. I think it was Geico commercials. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's a funny guy. I like him. You know, I, I've, I've liked some of the stuff I've seen him in, but uh, I just di I just didn't think this was a good role for him, unfortunately. Uh, Yvonne Orji, uh, didn't really give her too much to do. Uh, it was the first time I had ever seen her in anything. Uh, I know she was in, uh, you know, she has a role in Insecure on HBO. Uh, some of her other credits include Night School, uh, Kevin Hart film, and, um, what is it? Uh, Spontaneous, uh, came out last year. So, first time I had ever seen her, uh, she probably gets the least to do of the, the foursome, uh, you know, leading the, leading the show here. Uh, which, which is unfortunate because like, you know, it's not that she wasn't funny. It's just like they didn't, she didn't have to do anything. Um, sadly, but, uh, then Mer Meredith Hagner, same boat. First time I had seen her in something, uh, or at least recognized her in something. And, uh, and she, you know, she was funny, uh, but a lot, you know, her character kind of got a little old by the end, I thought. So, uh, but yeah, like I said, dumb, fun movie. Give it a watch if, you know, you're looking for a turn your brain off kind of thing, but. Uh, you know, don't expect best movie of the year <laughs> or anything like that. Well, that is going to do it for this one. Uh, that is episode 199. When, when I see you next time, we will be in the second century of, uh, well, I guess it's technically the beginning of the third century of, uh, of Quarantinema. So that's exciting. Uh, but yeah, looking forward to that. Uh, we will come out on Thursday with that. And until then, uh, you can follow us on social media. We're at Quarantine Mapod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also subscribe to the show, iTunes, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you name it, we're there. Uh, so in the meantime, don't be a hero. Stay inside and watch a movie.